Luke chapter 6, 27 through 36. Luke 6, 27 through 36. Let me read it and then we will pray. Here's the words of Jesus. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get that in our head. This is Jesus talking to us. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, uh, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great." And you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Alright, let's pray. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for these words of Jesus to us. Um, they, are, they are hard words for us. They are words we're going to have to wrestle with. We pray that You'd help us to believe. pray that You'd help us to trust You. pray that You'd help us to live according to the ways You would have us live for Your glory in Christ's name, Amen. All right, so so theoretically, theoretically, I want to eat healthy, like intellectually, like in my mind, I believe that it's good for me to eat vegetables. Like I, I believe that there is benefit to eating vegetables. Like if I'm at a restaurant and you get a side with your meal, I could choose French fries or I could choose steamed broccoli. I know that the right thing to do, the thing that's good for me and for my future, um, is to choose the steamed broccoli. So on one level, I, I, I accept that, and, and even, even maybe I, I want that. But then when it comes right down to it, I don't, because I never, ever choose steamed broccoli. Who would? Who would choose steamed? I choose french fries every time. And if my wife gives me a look like you should have vegetables, I choose onion rings. And so like, I, it's just like I... I I don't, I, I want to eat healthy, but I don't really want to eat healthy, right? I want to, but I, when it comes down to it, I actually don't, right? I sort of show my hand, right? Um, this is the way it is here with this passage before us today, because what Jesus is going to say, do you want to follow me? Do you want to follow me? Because here's a vegetable. I mean, he, Jesus is saying, do you want to obey the, my commands? Do you want to do life the way I want you to? Because here's sort of like the test. You've got the, you've got the french fries and you've got the steamed broccoli. You've, he's, he's saying to us, love your enemies. Do you actually want to follow me? Do you actually want to obey me? Here it is. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. So what we have to do today is we have to, we have to think through that, don't we? We have to listen to the words of Jesus and we have to, we have to work them into our hearts and into our lives by the power of the Spirit. We have to, we have to pray that the Spirit will help us to, to believe and to submit, to live wisely. So the sermon is easy for me to preach. 
I mean, it's a simple outline. How do we love our enemies? Why do we love our enemies? It's, a, it's not, and it won't be very hard, hopefully, for you to follow along. It's a pretty straightforward thing. Here's how we love our enemies. I'm going to give you three ways from this passage how you love your enemies, and then I'm going to give you three reasons why you love your enemies. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It's the, the hard part, though, is going to be obeying it. The hard part is going to be, uh, I really want French fries. I really want, okay, I'll take the stupid broccoli. You know, like, I, I'll do it. I'll do it. That's going to be the, that's going to be where the, the rubber meets the road this morning. So let's look through, let's look at this passage together. Let's, let's go through this sermon together. I need to submit to it. You need to submit to it. Let's get after it this morning. Okay, so, so number one, how do we love our enemies? How do we love our enemies? Verses 27 through 31 um, tell us, Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. So right away, we're going to see the first action that Jesus wants us to take. So we have, we have three answers really in these verses, and I'll read through all of them as we go, but we have three answers here for... Um, how do we love our enemies? Three, three types of actions Jesus wants us to take. Because here's what happens in, in my mind, and maybe in your mind, when I think, okay, I'll love my enemy. And, I, and, and you know, there are people that I can think of right now that have mistreated me, that have, that have been very cruel to me, that have said very cruel things about me and about the people I care about. Um, and, and there have been people who have hurt me. And so people, there are people in my, my mind right now and when usually I think about loving them, I think I just won't do anything bad to them. I'm not going to throw a rock through their window. I'm not going to TP their yard. I'm not going to think bad thoughts. You know, I'm not going to get a, like a voodoo doll and stick it. I'm not going to do. I'm just not going to do any of that stuff. I'm not going to. I'm going to ignore them. I'm going to pretend that they don't exist. That's about as far as loving my enemies usually goes in my life. Jesus, though, has way more for us than that. Jesus has, Jesus wants our love for our enemies to look like something. He wants to be visible in our lives. And the first thing he says here right off the bat is you should pray for your enemies. Those people who have been cruel to you. Those people who have taken advantage of you. Those people who have mistreated you, abused you. You, you pray for them. Verse 27 says we bless those who curse us. The, the idea of us blessing someone has the idea of us praying for God to bless them. Calling for God, saying, God, please bless this person. Please show your compassion and your mercy to them. Please, please be kind to them. So we pray for our enemies. We pray for those who have been cruel to us. For those who have cheated us or mistreated us or bullied us. We pray for them. Now obviously, um, the first thing we pray for them is, is if they're not Believers, we pray that God would, would God, God would give them faith. God would change their hearts. God, God's Spirit would have them come alive. God would give them the new birth. God would regenerate them. We, we pray for their salvation. That's the first thing we pray for sure. And if, and if they, they profess to be believers, we pray that God will, will, will cause them to help them, give them strength and faith and, and the insight that they need to, in the soft heart they need to repent of their sin, to grow in godliness. And, and I promise you, if you start here, if you've got that person in your life or that pe- the people in your life and you, you've got those people in your life, you just do not like them. And you have good reason for not liking them. 
You don't trust them. And you have good reason for not trusting them. Those people that are in your mind right now, you start by praying for them. You pray that God would bless them through the Gospel of His Son. That God would bring them into His family. That God would pour out His mercy and His compassion upon them. That God would change them from the inside out. You pray for them. You pray for them. Now, I don't know. I don't know what will happen after you pray for them. God knows what will happen. I have no idea what will happen in their lives. But I'm pretty sure that in your life, God will do good work. He will soften you. He will change your heart. He will help you to be a person of of mercy. God will help you for sure. You belong to Jesus and you start praying for your enemies. At the very least, God will do a good work in your heart. So that's the first action step Jesus wants us to take. That's the first kind of thing Jesus wants us to do is pray for our enemies. And then the second thing we see in these verses is He wants us to stay within striking distance. Stay within striking distance. Verse 29 through 31 says, To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Okay, so now, the way Jesus is speaking here, He's speaking with a little bit of, of like hyperbole. Okay, which means He is He's exaggerating a little bit in order to make a point. He's, he's speaking in sort of like uh, dramatic ways in order to make a point. He, he, you know, because if you took this to the letter of the law, if you took it, you know, literally, if someone took your coat, you, you'd also like give them, essentially in that day, your underwear as well. So you would be like a, you would be like a naked, Jesus would be saying, just be a nudist, you know? That's, if, if we took this literally, that's not the way Jesus means it. But, that doesn't for a minute, like, water down what he is saying. Just because he doesn't actually want you to give all your clothes away and just have no clothes and just, just, just kind of, you know, go through life the way you were born. You know, that we, no one wants that. Don't do that. The, but just because he's not saying that doesn't mean that what he's saying here is not incredibly dramatic. Jesus wants you to stay within striking distance. Someone abuses you, someone hurts you, someone takes advantage of you, that Jesus wants you to stay close enough for them to possibly do it again. Stay close enough with them in in ways that you may get hurt again. And what we have to understand, if we're going to get this passage, like if if you've zoned out and you need to come back in and you can only listen to me for like four or five minutes, I get it. Everybody in my life is that way. So just choose this five minutes right here, okay? If my voice just, you're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. No, come back for five minutes. Listen for five minutes. Because this context here is all about the gospel. Alright? This is about staying within striking distance for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom of God. So that, so that perchance God might grant them repentance is what this is. This is, this is staying close enough to someone for the sake of the gospel. This is not just like some like kind of general goodwill that we're just kind of throwing around. This is strategic. 
You're, you're staying within striking distance because you're the one who has the truth of the gospel. And you're the one who can share that with them. And so they, they need to hear that from you. And they need to see that you're a person who has been, who has been changed by the mercy of God. And you want them to be a person who's been changed by the mercy of God. Like, you, you have to stay close enough to a person to have that opportunity to share the gospel again with them. See, like, last, last week we saw the very beginning of this sermon. We saw verses 20 through 22, and this, these verses will really help us to understand what Jesus is saying here. Okay, so, he lifted up his eyes, verse 20, uh, on his disciples, and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And now listen, here it is, here's the kicker, verse 22. Blessed are you, when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. So, so really, when you get right down to it, the kind of rejection that we're talking about here, the kind of abuse that Jesus primarily has in mind here, He mostly is thinking about when we are mistreated and abused on account of the Son of Man because we're following Jesus. Our life is difficult and we're facing, we're facing, um, we're, we're facing abuse from people. We're, we're facing mistreatment from people because of Jesus, because we trust and follow Jesus. This is what Jesus is talking about here. So, we bring that into our own lives. Now we think, how am I going to apply this in my own life? Because maybe you've never been just struck in the face. You've, you've never had someone just bash your jaw in because you're a follower of Jesus. You probably never have. But you, perhaps you've been maligned. Perhaps you've been made fun of. Perhaps you've been left out. Perhaps you've been looked over because of that. But here's the thing. Stay with me. Either way, no matter why someone is mistreating you, what the follower of Christ has to understand that when we are being abused, when we are being mistreated, especially by an unbeliever, there is this, there is this need for us, this, there is this opportunity for us to stay within striking distance so that we might have the chance to tell them again the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We make ourselves available to them. We keep some sort of lifeline open. We keep the relationship going in some way so that, so that we can continue to tell them about Jesus because chances are nobody else is. And, and if we can do this in a way where they see, man, I am just pummeling this guy. I am mistreating this guy. I am abusing this woman. I am, I am being cruel to her. I have cheated her. I've taken her money and no intention to give it back. I am, I have just mistreated these people and yet here they are and they're still being kind to me. They're still staying with me. They're still uh, able to, or they're still helping me in the ways that they are able. What, what that does is that gives some, it gives some juice to our gospel presentation. It, 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 it carries, it, it can be used in amazing ways by God to, to work on that person's life and heart. This is like the, this is one of the modes of evangelism that God calls us to in the New Testament. Have people look at your good works the way you are kind and patient and, and forbearing. And they will in that not only hear that the Gospel is true, but they'll see that it's true because of the way it's changed your life. And then the, the, the third action step that Jesus has for us 
is to give. It's to give. We think about verse 31. It says, And as, as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. This is not do unto others as, as, and, and hope that they'll repay the favor. No, the, 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 the people Jesus is talking about here are people that you're pretty sure as you're loaning them money, I, I ain't never going to see this. I'm never going to see this back. Yeah, we'll call it a loan just so this, you know, but this is not a loan. You're taking my money and I'm never going to get it back. Like, we all have people in our lives who have, who, you know, they've said, hey, can I borrow whatever? And you're like, sure, sure, sure. And, and then, hey, you know, six months later, could you, you know, pay that back? I kind of need it. Oh, yeah, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they never, never pay it back. Never pay it back. And so you just stop talking about it. It's over. Fine. Whatever. Jesus is saying, that dude, if he asks, give him some more. Like, Jesus, no. This is a vegetable I'm not interested in. No. No, 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 no. 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 That's like, that's not even steamed broccoli. That's like sauerkraut or something. I don't even, is that even a vegetable? I don't know. It's just awful. It's just awful. It's like, I don't know. It's awful. I don't want it. I want nothing to do with this. I don't want nothing to do with this. Jesus says, no, when that person, when that person comes to you, needs something, you treat them the way you would want to be treated. Which means you shell out. You give. You give. Now, I, I mean, obviously, obviously, there are going to be times in our life where we just cannot do these last two things. We just, we cannot stay within striking distance and we cannot just keep giving. Like, we don't, we're not, we don't have unlimited funds, right? And so there's, and there's lots of things to consider. Like, I've, I've sat with spouses who are being abused by their spouse and I've, I've sat with them and, and I've said, yeah, you need to, you need to not be in that house anymore. You need to, you need to separate from them. You need to, at least for a time, be away from them. Because you're not safe there. Your children are not safe there. Like I've, I mean, we've, we've had those kind of conversations. And there's, there's all kinds of things to consider when we're talking about something this dramatic. Right? And, and, and there are things that I have to, as a husband and as a dad, I have to think through things. And I have to think about things from the, from the whole of the Bible. Right? And so, and so it's not super easy to sort out what does it mean to stay within striking distance and how can I best continue to give to these people. It's, it's not always easy to sort it out. But I want to say a couple of things before you decide to just, to, 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 to retreat. To, to leave the relationship and to just cut all ties and to say, I'm done. I'm done. I cannot help anymore. I cannot, I cannot be I cannot be near them anymore. I, I can't have this. I can't, I can't stay within striking distance anymore. I can't do it. Before you do that, a couple of things I want to say. One, um, one, I want to invite you um, to come and talk with, with me or with Colin or with our, one of our elders, Dale or Craig. Come talk to us. Come talk to us. And I know, I know you're thinking, I'm going to find the meanest one who's going to side with me, right? And they'll have my back. No, no, pick the nice one. I don't, we don't really have a nice one. But if we did, pick that, pick the nice one. Pick the nice one. Come, come talk to us. Because we can help you. We don't, we're not going to have 
like this, life is incredibly complicated because of the fall. <laughs> because of sin, life is incredibly complicated. And we, it's not like we're going to have, oh, here's a 10-step plan, like, just, and just knock it out. No, no, it's, but if you come and you talk to someone that you know loves you, loves Jesus, has talked through these kinds of things before, one of the things we can do is we can help you to see ways where you might be blind to the situation. You might, you might not see everything because it's hard for us to be objective. It's hard for us to think clearly when we are hurt emotionally. It's hard for us. And so, come and talk to someone. Talk this out before you decide, I, can't, I just cannot stay within striking distance. I can't, I can't do it. For the sake of my family, for the sake of whatever, I can't do it. So that's one thing. And then the other thing and this is, this is even more important to me. Keep praying for them. You're never going to come to me and say, I can't pray for that person. I'm always, no matter what the situation is, I'm going to say, no. No, you can pray for him. You can pray for him. Pray for him. Jesus says, do it, do it. There's not like, there's no exceptions to this. You should have a list of people who have hurt you, and you should be praying that God would bless them. Praying that God will bless them. Pray that God will bless them. Pray that God will pour His mercy out on them. Pray that God will be compassionate with them. Pray for them. And, and I, I will tell you, I will tell you though, as a way of warning, as a way of warning, if you do pray for them, here's what could happen. God could move them from the untouchable category to the people that you want to do good to. If you pray for them. You pray that God will change their hearts. You pray that God will show His compassion to them. If you pray that way, you will, I almost guarantee you, start looking quite a bit harder for ways that you can do good to them. That you can get a chance to, to once again tell them about how good Jesus is. You can, once again, share with them from the ways God has blessed you. So before you... And sometimes we do have to just separate. Sometimes we have to say, I can't, I can't be in this person's life anymore. And there's, there's reasons. There's other, other priorities that you have to take care of. So that could happen. It could happen. Before you decide that, talk it through with someone. With one of your pastors or, or elders or, or a trusted friend that you know loves Jesus, loves you. And then, and then keep praying for them no matter what. Now, uh, does this work? You know, will, will it work? Does it, you know, if you, if you, if you do this, if you pray that God will, will, uh, change someone and, and bless them and pour out His gospel grace on them, will it, will it work? You know, and if you're kind to them and you're, you go out of your way, you sacrificially try to bless them, will this work? Well, maybe. I mean, if you mean, if by work you mean that, that everything will go good with that, you know, that that person will start loving you again, well, maybe. Could happen. Um, but it doesn't always happen. In fact, if you, you know, if you did a poll, you'd probably find that a lot of times it doesn't. A lot of times it doesn't happen. A lot of times we go all in on being kind to someone, we, we, and, and, and it just, over and over and over, it just sort of blows up in our face. That could happen. So why do we do it? Why do this? If it's not guaranteed to work, why do it? 
we have three reasons here. Three reasons here. You guys thought you were almost done with the sermon, didn't you? Nope. But you have to love me. So it says, right, Jesus says right there, do good to those who, you know, preach too long. All right. Number two, why must we love our enemies? Three good reasons here. First one is simple, pretty straightforward, because Jesus says so. Jesus says so. If you're scratching your head, like, why should I do this? Why should I be kind to this person? Why should I pray for this person? Because Jesus says so. He's your Savior. He's your King. He's not only your Savior and King, He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We do what He says. Second reason, it shows that we belong to God. Verses 32 through 35. Let me read those verses to us real quick. It says, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Like this is, everybody does this. That's, I mean, it's so easy for me to be kind to, to you guys because I know you're going to be kind to me. It's easy for me to be kind to my family. I know they're going to be kind to me. It's not, that's, that's really not I, that, that's not supernatural at all. That doesn't reveal any kind of real sacrificial love at all. That's, I mean, that's just regular life. You know, where we, we find the people that we like, that we know are going to be good to us, and we're good to them. That's, that's kind of how life works. Jesus is saying, we, we want more for the Christian. For, the, for, for my disciples, for my followers, I want more. Verse 35, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. What what does Jesus mean by you will be sons of the Most High? It doesn't mean that if you love your enemies, God's going to let you into His family. We we can't be saved through our works, but what Jesus is saying here, He's talking about family resemblance. He's saying by, by that, that phrase, sons of the Most High, means you will be like your father. There will be a family resemblance. Your father is merciful. He loves the ungrateful and the evil. And when you do that, you look like your father. My, my poor children, um, they don't look like me, thankfully. Most, I mean, they have some blonde hair, but they don't, they don't look like me. They, they thankfully look more like their mother, but um, they, they, they think like me and they act like me. And, and I was like, man, they, they didn't pick up any of my good qualities. They picked up all the bad ones. Then I realized I didn't have any good qualities to pass along. And so, like, this is a problem. The other, you know how with your three, my, my, my Haddon is already, she already sees the world, I see the world. I've, I've already discovered this. M- most of my children see the world, I see the, the way I see the world. Because, you know how you do, you do shapes with your kids? You say, what color is that? What shape is that? We, I showed her, um, I showed her a triangle the other day. I said, what is that shape? She goes, pizza. <laughs> I was like, yeah. All the other shapes are like shapes. You know, like square, circle. Yeah, that's, a, that's pizza. Yep, that's exactly what shape that is. I love you and you're awesome and you're going to have a hard life. So anyhow, because uh, you see the world the way I see the world. Like I, 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 you can try putting that on the test someday, but your teacher may want, you know, the official, you know, stupid name for it, which is triangle. We know pizza. All right. This is what 
This is what the Christian does. This is what the son and the daughter of the Most High do. This is how they show their family resemblance. This is how they show they've been brought into the family of God by the grace of God, through the Gospel of God. We, we show it by loving our enemies and doing good and lending to people not expecting to return. And, and knowing that our reward will be great. Like it may not be here on this earth, but one day it will be great. Like our Father, He sees the family resemblance and one day He is going to reward us for that. And then that brings us right to our third and final reason. Third reason that we, um, why we must love our enemies because of the Gospel. Because of the Gospel. Verse 36 says, Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. What a way to live, right there. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. We are the ungrateful and the evil. Do you understand? When, when Jesus says He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil, He's talking about you and me. That's me. I'm ungrateful, you're evil. Or vice versa. It doesn't matter. That's us. Do you understand? That's us. We are ungrateful and evil, and God has been so merciful to us. Romans 5 says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Verse 8, But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It was our sin that Jesus died for. Hey, have you believed that? We need to stop for a moment because none of this matters. None of anything I've said matters if you haven't believed this. Have you trusted in Jesus to, to, as your only hope to be saved from your sin? Is that what you believe this morning? Are you believing that Jesus is your only hope to be saved, to be forgiven for the sins that you have committed? That you, you are ungrateful and evil before God and you need a Savior. And He gave us one. Jesus, have you trusted in what Jesus did on the cross to save you from your sins? To save you from the wrath of God? Have you believed that? Right now, do you believe that? If not, please believe. And like I try to remember to say every sermon, come find me afterwards. And I always I like to add this too. I don't yell this much in, in real life. Like we can just have a normal talk. I'll try to answer any questions you might have about it. There's many of us in this room that would love to talk to you more. If you have, like, what does it mean to believe the gospel? What does that mean? Tell me more. I've got questions. What does this word mean? What does this word mean? Come talk to us. We'll, we'll talk. And then, and then if you have believed, and you are, if you are dealing with a difficult person, and they are ungrateful, and they are evil, what we have to remember is that we were worse. I don't care how badly you've been sinned against. Your sin against God is far worse than anybody else's sin against you. My sin, no matter what anybody does to me, my sin against God is far worse than anyone else's sin against me. There's no way to compare it. And when I was ungrateful and evil, God loved me. This helps us when Jesus hands us this particular vegetable, right? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. 
Pray for those. Pray for those who hate you, who mistreat you. Bless those who curse you. And so while we're spending the rest of our life trying to figure out how we should do that, because it's a, it's a day by day, week by week, just a, a, a journey looking for biblical wisdom, looking for the strength that the Spirit gives, looking to apply the truth of the Gospel into our relationships. As we are, as we're just living our life trying to do that, we keep this in our minds and our hearts the whole time. Our sin against God is far worse than anyone else's sin against us. And when we were ungrateful and evil, God loved us. So we're going to do all that we can to love our enemies. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We pray that you'd help us to we pray that you'd help us to submit, God. We we pray that you'd help us to submit. We this is tough. Because we have we have ways where we've just been hurt. And and we have ways where we're we're afraid of being hurt again, or maybe we're afraid of our family being hurt. We just we have serious concerns, God, because we live in a seriously fallen world. But help us to remember in the midst of that, as we're trying to just be motivated to pray for our enemies, be motivated to seek out ways to be kind to them. Help us in the midst of all that, God, to remember that this world is seriously fallen and seriously broken because of people like us. We're, we bring the brokenness. We are, we are ungrateful and evil. And you have been, you have been absurdly merciful and gracious to us. Help us to believe that. And help that to mean something in the way that we treat other people. We pray all these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.